0: Okay, pest control owners, it's Q3 of 2023. In today's episode, let's talk about your goals and plans and what a pest control sales funnel looks like. Please stick around, and we'll get started in just a minute.
1: You own a pest control company, and marketing and advertising ain't what it used to be. Just so you know, software and millennials are not the answer. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. Our passion is to teach you online and digital marketing without all the techno babble. Oh, it still takes hard work, sales, and a sprinkle of tech, but we'll teach you how to do it in simple terms. Let's do this. Let's get on with the show. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast, and this is your host, Casey Lewis.
0: All right, everybody, and welcome today to another episode of the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. My name is Casey Lewis. I work here at Rhino Pest Control Marketing, and I'm going to be your host today. Uh, Our episode today—it may be a little bit longer than usual. I'll try try to get through it. It's a lot of information, but. In the last couple of episodes, I've been touching on things, I think, um, on on a sort of surface level. And I have been getting a lot of questions from people about a lot of different things. And I think what it's really led me to believe is I need to take a step back a little bit. And I need to talk with you a little bit more in depth overall about your pest control marketing strategy, especially if you're um, one of these middle-sized companies that maybe has dabbled in or done a little bit of of online marketing but really never knew what you were doing, right? You hired one guy that would do your website build. You know, another person came in and said they knew SEO. You got another person that says... They knew Google Ads. And so you're just all over the place in terms of your overall understanding, building and drafting a plan that we want to be able to use as we go. Hold on. I got a call coming in. Let me get rid of this. Um, But a strategy and a plan that you understand, that you can direct, that you can measure. And this is a great time to do it. Okay. It's Q3 and it's um i've got just a call coming in here hold on a second here i'm going to when to answer this call it's my son and i'm going to tell him i'm uh in the middle of doing a podcast <laughs> oh oh that's what happens when you do podcast episodes of on saturdays anyway so getting back you know what i was talking about we're we're July, August, and September is good as it gets in most parts of the country for pest control. I'm hopeful that through the first few months of this year, if you've listened to any of these podcast episodes, that you've done a few things. You know, you've tried to get your review strategy going. Maybe you've done an email strategy. Uh, Hopefully, you've tried to analyze, track some of your leads and get your sales conversion numbers All of these things are really, really important in and of themselves. However, I think that where I want to go today is step back a little bit and say, okay, that's great. All these little piece parts, what really constitutes an overall plan, a set of goals, some measurable things to execute that you can do in your pest control company and should be doing And so that you will hear that very frequently referred to as a sales funnel. And let's look at it in those terms. I think it's a good way to sort of get a picture in your mind's eye of the things I'm going to talk about here and how they can impact you in your day-to-day sales efforts to grow your business, but also to have some measurable goals that you can be looking at and thinking about so that you have a better understanding on, okay, what is all of this stuff that we're doing, all of these things everybody's telling me to do, what in the big picture does it have to do with getting a new pest control customer? I think that's a legitimate question. It's fair. Um, And so let's look at it that way. So let's look at some concrete and realistic goals for your pest control business. And the thing I want you to think about In any business, I don't care what it is, it's either moving forward or it's moving backwards. It's very rarely, if ever, just standing still. So you're getting better, you're getting worse, you're growing or you're decreasing your business. But in any event, our effort, as you can imagine here, is to take things and start punching it forward every day. One step forward every day. And... What we'll do today, as we walk through this discussion, I'll talk about what sort of a hypothetical pest control company we might work with, maybe a, a middle-sized company that's come to us. It's never really done a lot of organized marketing. They've done some things, but they it was really herky-jerky. And so they're looking to, to really put together a structured series of, of strategies and campaigns that would fit into what we would refer to as a funnel, and what does that look like? So let's let's really talk about a funnel, and why do people call it that? What does it really mean? How can I build one for myself, uh, and how does it work? And what I want you to think about here is when we're talking about a funnel, I want you to picture it in your head, and if you if you think of it. You want it to be nice and wide at the top. It narrows down in the middle, and then it really narrows down at the bottom to where the spout is where things come out the bottom. And in terms of a pest control funnel, we want the top of the funnel to be as wide as we can get it, so we're capturing as much as we can. And at the end of the funnel, at the spout, What we have dropping out of there is going to be new revenue, new recurring customers. They're going to sign up with us and go forward with us. And so if you think about the funnel now, and we take this funnel. So it's broad at the top, very, very small with a spout at the bottom. And we break it into thirds. We're going to have the top of our funnel, the big top portion we have the middle level where it's more narrow, it's coming you know it's coming down, and we have the bottom of our funnel. and the bottom of our funnel is small, it's narrow, it's again, it's where we want the collected efforts of everything that have occurred through this funnel to squeeze out the bottom in terms of dead presidents or dollars or cash or money, revenue, whatever you want to call it, but that's where we want this to to pay off. So get that in your head, get that in your mind. I've got this funnel, okay? And what am I going to put in the funnel? So how am I going to make this funnel get full so now I have things flowing down through it and squeezing out the bottom of it? Excuse me. And as I said, what we'll do is we'll break this into three components. So our top of the funnel, our bottom of the funnel... And, um, excuse me, our top, middle, and bottom of the funnel. Now, when you look at the top of the funnel and we want to figure out what constitutes the top, what, what's in there, what's up there. And it's really going to, it's going to resonate primarily when you're talking about online sales funnel, pest control, it's going to resonate Predominantly on traffic. Visitors that are coming to either your website, they're coming to your social media sites, they're coming through any uh, online directories or any other places that you may have your name and your business out there, especially when it has a link. And these things are, we'll start with organic search traffic. So Google, Bing, Yahoo, and YouTube, for example, are some of the biggest and most well-known search engines. There's even a funny one out there called DuckDuckGo, and there's others, but those are the biggies. And that is where you are going to be listed through search and index for various terms, and people can find their way to your website. They become new visitors. They become new traffic. And that is really, again what we call the top of your funnel. The same thing can happen with social media sites. So if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, if you're on LinkedIn or any of the others, and they're linked to your site or site pages or a contact page, then this, in fact, is also fueling the top of your funnel. So it's new traffic that's showing up that maybe has never even heard of you. They've landed on your website. They're not sure why or a site page through a search. And now they, that we have them there, we have an opportunity. Um, there's also online directories. These are important parts of setting up your your strategy for online marketing. And they're just, just for example, there's yellowpages.com, there's Yelp, there's Foursquare. Uh, there's, there's, there's a host of them that are directories where you can go on, you can claim your business, you get a business page, they try to sell you stuff, but in any, in any event, you do get a link back to your website. So, that's, um, that's an important part of generating new traffic and generating um, new visitors that constitute the top of your funnel that can then become other things. So when you, what we will talk about, and I'm, I'll mention it here a little bit. Again, I, I don't want this to get so complex that I lose you and you stop listening. But it's important at a, at a really deep level that you understand this, okay? So when you're looking at those sources, so these organic sources. Uh, sources, search engines, social medias, directories, online. And you think about, okay, okay, that's great. Well, that's just not going to magically happen. And this is a really big problem. People go build a website and they get it for $500 and Sally down the street built the website. But the website's not optimized at all. It's just, it's sitting there on a website hosting company and there's nothing happening. So, there is no top of the funnel, really, other than by accident or my mistake or maybe the few people that go and look directly for that website. And so, how and what do you do? What are physically the things that you do? And this is referred to as content marketing in my world, but you need to do things to generate traffic. And I'm going to just throw a few things out there. So, the First thing is obviously have a very, very well-designed, built, optimized website. It has all the pages you need for all of the individual services, target pests, areas, everything covered. You have a regularly scheduled posting of blog articles, which are URLs, which are new content, new pages to your website that are based on topic clusters. So they're not just random articles. You don't have... A high school kid writing them, but they're really well thought out. Um, I, I would strongly recommend you have some YouTube videos going out on a regular basis. You got social media posts, you have Google Business Profile posts, you have all your name, address, phone number citations and backlinks that are set up um, all over the country with these different directories. Um, you know things like yellowpages.com, As I said, Yelp, Foursquare. You need, all of those things need to be done. And this is not what this episode is for, but what it is is to make you understand, okay, you're talking about a top of a funnel. You're talking about it being robust, wide, lots of traffic. How do I get that? And that these are the things that are going to to generate that traffic. And if you don't do any of this stuff, if you have no emails going out, if you have no email newsletter, if you don't have any promos, if you don't have anything going on, but you have your website sitting there and you can't figure out why it doesn't work, and then you have all these guys sending you emails saying, oh, if you give me 50 bucks or 100 bucks, I'll get to the first page, I'll get you this, I'll get you that. Bullshit. Balderdash. Don't, don't believe it. There's no easy way, especially in a competitive area of the country, in a competitive market like pest control. You have to work at it, you have to stay with it, you have to work hard at it, and that's the only way it's going to pay off. But when it does pay off, it'll pay off in spades. And I need, I, again, I, I, so I want you to understand that. So we got our funnel, we've got the top of our funnel, we've got our organic search traffic, can we get, can we just buy traffic? Yes, you can. If you just are struggling getting things going, your site's just gone up, you're newer, you're in a big market. You know, again, some of these markets in Texas, for example, there's a pest control company on every, you know, every third block. Can you buy it? Yeah, you can buy it. You can buy search. That's going to fuel the top of your funnel. That's going to come in the top of your funnel. And, you know, there's things like Google Ads, Google Ads. There's Google local service ads, there's Yelp, there's Nextdoor, there's Angie, there's Thumbtack. You can get social media ads on all the social media uh, providers. So absolutely, if that's what you need to do, that's what you can do. However, it's also very important that you understand that when you're buying traffic, that's not sales, it still needs to go through that conversion process. You still need to understand it, and you still will need to have those things in place that will convert it. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, And there's also other things. Uh, With QR codes nowadays, you can do a lot of alternative things that end up driving traffic to your website. Uh, We've used things like uh, EDDM, which is the United States Postal Service's Every day direct, uh, every door direct mail. And you can narrow that down to uh, neighborhoods, even. You can send mailers out. You can have tracked phone numbers. You can have QR codes that take them to a contact page on your website. You can do that with door hangers. You can do that with local print media as well. All of these things can generate traffic to the top of your funnel and continue to fuel your overall funnel. Now, I'm going to just throw this out there. We'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later in this episode, but I want you to think I'm going to throw a number at you because if you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's not a good thing. If you do and you know this number, then you can start to wrap your head around the fact that we have to have a number here. We have to have a goal. So the goal that we generally will start with for unique monthly visitors, overall monthly visitors, just visitors, top of the funnel stuff, is we want to start at 2000 a month. And again, depending on who you are, this may be a lofty goal. I mean, we get a lot of people when we start, they've got our 100 or 200 visitors a month. And when I go through the math with you, you'll understand why in those instances, those people are not generally very satisfied with either their marketing efforts or their results. And the reason for it is this. I want to tell you right now, if you don't have a top of the funnel, you do not have a good um, result coming from your online efforts. I'll say it again. If you don't have a quality, robust strategy to drive new traffic to the top of your funnel, then your other efforts are not going to work very well. They just aren't. Because when you take math and you start breaking things down and you have small numbers, it doesn't take very long where there's just not much left to slice up. So now let's talk about, let's, let's move down a little bit. So now we've got the top of our funnel kind of loaded up with all these organic visitors and they've you know seen our blog articles. They saw our post on social media. They got an email from us and and now they're in the funnel. So now they're at the top of the funnel. And what do we want to do? Again, we're trying to move them through this funnel so eventually they squeeze out the bottom as a new customer. And we'll talk about in a a few moments, the buyer's journey even, and where does that overlay into this movement of general traffic and moving them down into the middle of the funnel or our second level and then becoming what we want, which is leads. And this one, again, I'm going to warn you guys that are out there from these unscrupulous, online gurus running around traffic converts at a very low percentage into leads. And so when people are always showing you great traffic numbers, they're showing you eyeballs and impressions. They're showing you all these wonderful things, whereas they're important. It's not what's getting you money. Leads get you money. And so, when you talk about moving someone from the position of being a, a, just a organic visitor, a stranger, someone that just landed on a, your website or, or one of your other properties online, what we want to do is then get that person to do what, and that is to take some action. We can begin driving it the, this traffic. To our website or our other um, online assets. But the next and most important thing is to promote activity. And what is that activity? The best activity, obviously, is direct contact with us, just call us. uh, Or it could be downloading information, filling out a form, filling out a message on our web chat, on our website, sending us a Facebook Messenger. Um, you know, answering an email, all of these things are the next step in moving someone who's now just been looking around and didn't just leave, but actually made some uh, effort to communicate with us and is now becoming um, a lead, someone we want to talk to, someone we hope that we can convert into a sale. But if you look at some of the basic components now of moving traffic to leads, again, I'm going to stay high level, but you need to understand this because if you don't and you don't have these mechanisms in place, once again, traffic is meaningless without a mechanism to convert it into leads. This is also where you begin to nurture your leads and help them determine where they are in the buyer's journey. It's your job to help them And move them through those steps as well, which I'll discuss in a minute. But the basic idea here is to promote call to action. Ask the visitor to do something. Show them how to do it. Instruct them where to go. Make sure it's easy for them to make that contact. And even with your your mobile phone, which is where a great deal of this uh, activity happens anymore... We call it being thumb friendly, making sure that whatever they do is they're driving along with their phone in their hand. They can reach with their thumb and just make a, uh, a an action. Call me, automatically fill out the form, send me a message, whatever it is, right? Um, because you think about it, even with voice activation now, and I, I haven't mentioned voice activation at all, but... It's getting more and more uh, common, especially with some of our older people, to just look over and say, um, hey Siri, find me a pest control company near me. Oops, my phone just lit up. She's looking for one. Anyway, so all of these things are going to lead that person to you and your company and whoever's answering your phones and whoever's answering your forms, who's ever returning your emails, whatever's happening. There's activity, and that's good, and that's what we want, and if they don't uh, buy or sign up immediately right there, we want them in another funnel, which we'll talk about at another time, uh, a nurturing funnel that is where we stay in contact with people that didn't necessarily just buy from us the first time they called. We don't want to just scrape all the cream easy stuff off the top and just let everything else go to somebody else. Um so, that makes some sense to you. So, again, conceptually now, okay, I got all these people. They're looking at my site. They're looking at my posts. They're reading my articles. They're reading my newsletter. They're doing all these things. Great. Whoopie-doo. Now, I want them to contact me because now we got something going on. Now, I'm talking to them. Now, I'm explaining things to them. Now, we're um, checking each other out. You know, we're like the two dogs in a park. We're in a going around in a circle smelling each other's butt. And we're trying to figure out, is this a good match? Are we going to be friends? Are we going to move forward? So, I want you to think about that. Okay, top of the funnel. Big, robust, wide, lots of people. Moving down through that funnel. As many as we possibly can into the middle of that funnel. So they can get into our mechanisms of conversion, which is to have call to actions, information, buttons, form fills, phone numbers, uh, messaging applications, whatever it takes. So they can just reach out and say, hey, I was having problems with uh, spiders in my closet. And I'm wondering if you guys could take care of that. How much does it cost? When can you come out? Yada, yada, yada. And we want that to happen now. Then, as, again, moving forward on our journey through this funnel, the next level is the bottom, which is narrow. It's got a spout on the bottom, as I said, and we want it to spew money. We want revenue coming out of the bottom of that. We want recurring revenue. We want a good lifetime customer value that comes out of that. And we want, again, obviously... As you've heard me preach a lot, we want to convert 50% of them. And that's going to be a lot on you, folks. I get caught up in this all the time, and I can bring you a lead, and I can bring you uh, an interested party. But if you don't have the skills or the people, the information or the panache, if you will, to convert them into a customer to believe that you guys are the organization that they should be uh, working with and we need we need to work on that because if you listen to my last podcast it was really probably more a rant on that very issue than it was anything else and that was that you you, you've got to convert leads you just have to you can't just always be trying to increase the volume of leads you have because leads are getting more and more expensive all the time the way you're going to improve your ROI is to improve, excuse me, improve the conversion rate of those leads. That's going to reduce your cost per sale. That's going to improve your return on investment. And it's also going to grow your company long-term with, again, extended lifetime customer value if you're doing a really good job. Anyway, so now we have a lead. Someone's raised their hand. They've reached out to us. They've sent us a message. They called us. They sent an email. They did something. And as I was just talking about a little bit, and as I did in my last podcast, this is where the rubber meets the road in your marketing activity and its value and profitability to you as a business owner, manager, uh, director, whatever. And that is, do you have the skills in place to convert and, and sell pest control to as many of these leads as you possibly can. And what would some of those things? What would they really look like? Well, the first thing is just general sales skills and training. And I, you've heard me talk about this before. And that scares people, and everybody thinks, "Oh my God, you know, I'm not a salesperson. I'm, a, you know, I'm a, I'm an admin clerk answering the phones. I didn't sign up to be a sales rep." Everybody that handles face-to-face customers in your company needs sales skills. And sales skills, as I've said, it really oftentimes can just be being nice. Knowing a little bit about your business, understanding a little bit about pest control, yes. So you need to have that basics. But if you're nice and you're friendly and you're helpful, any floundering you may have in your entomology intellect isn't going to matter because people are going to like you and people buy from people. People are influenced by how helpful, friendly, courteous, and likable you are. Do they want to do business with you? Do they um, feel good that if you're this nice, the rest of the company must be great? Very important. Follow-up materials. So, do you right now have all your email follow ups and any collateral materials, so any PDF files, documents, anything you want to go with it for some of the following things? Uh, welcome to the company. Hey, I understand that you're considering our general pest control programs. Here's some additional information to help you. Give me a call, I'll give you a $20 discount if you call me today or tomorrow. Anything relevant to a cockroach preparation uh, um, for treatment? Um, Our green and our eco-friendly options, what are they? All of these things need to be thought out in your own company with your own uh, clientele so that if someone calls and we're not able to sell them right this minute, they've got rodents, they're shopping around, We don't want to just throw money out there. Well, we charge $400 and we don't go in the attic, but we'll throw the bait up there. But if they die up there, we don't go get them. So you got to go get, come on. We need to have a solid, positive, enthusiastic approach to everything we're doing. So we want to have emails. We want to have text messages We want even if we're sending out paper invoices to have information in there that's conducive with growing our business, promoting our referral campaigns, uh, all of these kinds of things, driving reviews, all of this should be in play all the time with everybody that contacts you. Do we have a callback routine? I I manage tracked calls for many companies. When I say I manage them, we set them up. I look them over. We have account managers that they're tasked to train our clients, whoever's doing it, how to manage these calls that come in so we can see what's happening. And one of the biggest things that happens is calls come in all the time and they go to voicemail or they want to talk to their husband They're not sure, they're shopping around, they're doing this, they're doing that, and then no one ever calls back. Huh. I wonder why our closing ratio or our conversion rate is 20%. You have to have a callback routine. You need to call them back, bother them, check in, and it can be something as simple as, Hi, this is Casey with Acme Pest. I see you called today. I'm just checking back to make sure we've done a good job getting everything resolved for you. Do you have an appointment set? Has your technician followed? Whatever it is. All the time. And then you have to have an effort and desire for these things. I'm telling you, if, if you just have a warm body in a chair because they're cheap and that's all you can find and you really don't have time to train them you're probably costing yourself more money than you're making. You need someone that's got some effort and some desire to do a good job. If you need to make some financial arrangements to maybe make that happen, maybe some commission opportunities, bonus opportunities, whatever you need to do, it needs to happen. Because again, if there's if there's no enthusiasm, there's no effort, if everybody's ho-hum, hum-drum, it just, it just doesn't work and we see it every day and I get so frustrated with this where we've got, you know, we're coming in and we're putting in um, great opportunities for some of these companies and leads. And then you get someone who just doesn't want to be there. They don't want to answer the phones. They treat leads like they're a pain in the ass. They're mean. They're grumpy. And then they wonder why they're not selling any Excuse me, any, sale, any pest control. Well, guess what? They don't really want to be there. So put them out of their misery, get them out of there, get somebody in there that wants to be there. All right, I'm done with that. That's rant number two, two podcasts in a row on that issue. And then make sure you've got measured, tracked, and recorded phone calls. Uh, They're an eye-opener. I promise you, if you don't, if you haven't, get them, listen to them, even listen to yourself and see how you sound um, on a phone call. But everything we've done here, so we've gone to the top of the funnel, and everything I put said there, all that stuff, organic traffic, you know, paid social posts, it's a lot of work. Blog articles, emails, all of this effort, all this energy, all this time to take all these people and all these um, inquiries, all this stuff, and whittle it down and narrow it down to where we get down to the bottom and we've actually got a lead that we can sell and convert into a paying customer. And you bet, better believe that that needs to be the biggest effort you put on any of it. And you need to do solid quality effort on all of it. But at the end of the day, you've done all this, spent all this money, done all these things to generate some leads. And now we're... Um, <laughs> You know, we're going to let them slide through the cracks because we're, we're lazy, we're bored, we're mean, whatever. No. All right. Enough about that. So that's our funnel. Top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and bottom of the funnel. And what I want to do here, I'm going to bounce around. I've got my notes in front of me, and I'm actually going to get out of order here a little bit because I think this is important now that we've talked about this funnel for you to understand numbers because a sales funnel is nothing more than a slot machine and so you have to understand the the variables and percentages that are associated with it and what it might look like so let me give you just an average kind of goal that we will set with a client that we're working with that maybe has never had goals. They don't know any of this stuff. They don't know what their numbers are. They have nothing in place. And so we're really going to kind of start with them and create a baseline. So a point of measurement, a point of trying to get somewhere so that we're not just shooting in the dark, right? And when you talk about traffic, what we want to do, what we want to see is 2,000 unique visitors per month and you'll see them called sessions sessions are a little different a little bit different but we want 2000 visitors a month coming to our various sources and those are generally going to be your website and its pages your social media accounts and then as i said any of these online directories that may or may not be out there that we're in yelp is an easy one yellowpages.com is another one um now, if we're getting this, so let's say we get this. We know that we, especially early on, are going to likely convert of those leads about, excuse me, of that traffic, about 2% into actual leads. So if we're here and we're talking about 2,000 visitors, and you, you may not have it, you may have 200 so you would apply this number or this, excuse me, the this math accordingly. And the point here is, do you or do you not really know what your traffic looks like? Or are you getting some BS secret report that's coming from somebody else's server? You want to see this on your own Google Analytics account, folks. You don't want someone just telling you what this is and believing them. You want to see it for yourself. You want to touch it and smell it and feel it. And the best way for that, and right now is the time we've just gone through a nosebleed in the last so three weeks here, converting everybody over to the new Google Analytics GA4, which is supposedly and hopefully going to be a big improvement, especially in this area, which is simple analytics to understand your conversion numbers, which is all we really care about. We're not e-commerce here. You know, I don't need, you know, all right. So 2%, so we get 2% leads out of 2,000 visitors, that's 40 leads. And it's the reason I said unique visitors, and it's where the sessions number comes in. What we want are new people that are just showing up for the first time, looking around, and then contacting us. So that's the number we're going to use. And that, that turns into about 40 Now, our sales conversions, which we want at 50%, that's our goal, and that's what it needs to be. It would mean that we would get 20 new customers this month off of our traffic. And that traffic can be organic, all of it. It can be a combination of paid. It can be social media. It can be um, search engines. It can be video. It can be blog articles. So it's everything, right? And then we take 20 new customers and we say our industry average for a pest control customer for an annual is about $500. So we're just going to use that number. You can change it to whatever yours is. But that means we have recurring revenue at about $10,000 coming in per month or about $120,000 annually. And generally this is what we want to do because this is going to make our efforts, what we're doing, very, very profitable. Clients can be very happy and they're going to stay with us for a long time. Now, convert that idea into that 120000 we sold this year through just a basic sales funnel and some basic numbers. Um, there's also something, and you, you need to know this yourself, and that's called a lifetime customer value in pest control. And so PCT says... It's three years on the average, about 36 months. So we'll take them for their, their face value. If that's true, that 120 is worth about 360000 a year. And this is what we, we refer to as your pest control pyramid. This is where you're going to take and build on that. Now, if you're not a numbers guy, I hope I haven't lost you here. But I also want to point out to you something. I'm using a number here. conversion rate, that's a good percentage. That means you're doing a good job. That means you have a lot of those things we talked about in play. If you're doing 10% instead of 50%, that 20 goes down to 4, okay? And that 10,000 goes down to 2,000. So there's a lot of variables here. And my effort here is to work with you to teach you on what you need to be aware of. It's not for me to be a marketing guy and trick you into um, all of these kind of fake numbers that look good, but nobody ever attains. The numbers I'm throwing out to you right here right now, you should be able to attain or are attaining now. And if you're not, it's going to be tough to grow your business month in and month out, year in and year out. So, goals, traffic, 2000. Leads, 40. Sales, 20. Ongoing revenue growth monthly, $10,000. Annual, $120,000. This is a good, modest, Goal for a pest control company so they can grow to the substantial size that they want to be now. That all sounds great, but it is complicated. And it is why you want to try to find yourself a good marketing partner that understands all of these things, but more importantly, is willing to work with you on them. And you don't want to be in conflict. This is an effort, a mutual collaborative effort to get yourself to a point to where this infrastructure is in place. And this is happening month in and month out. And you can count on it. And you don't have to be worried about it each month, but you have to do all these things. Now, I'm going I'm to throw a monkey wrench into the gears here. This is where I got a little bit out of order. And I'm going to come back to something. There's a couple things that really make all this happen, and that is understanding the buyer's journey. And then it is also assembling and building a a volume and an inventory of content that will help your efforts in making sure that people that are coming to visit you are able to obtain the information or the content that they need that will help them wherever they may be in terms of that buyer's journey. So let's, let's talk about that for a few minutes. What is the buyer's journey? So a buyer's journey is nothing more than three stages. And when they're broken down into awareness, consideration, and then decision. And so, in pest control, it might look, say, something like this. Awareness. I think I saw a spider in the closet. Consideration. I should probably call a pest control company. Decision. How much does it cost and when can somebody come out to my house? Now, what I want you to think about here, those are very different mindsets, right? Hey, honey, I think there was a spider in the closet. Or, you better get that spider out of here now. But it's that, it's that process, right? It's coming in and opening up one of your drawers and coming to the realization that there's there's mouse poop in the bottom of it. Or turning on the light when you get up to get a glass of water in the kitchen and the cockroach scurries across the kitchen counter. So you, you become aware, hey, uh-oh. And then the consideration is what am I going to do about it? And that's where a whole lot of work comes into. Because if they go grab their cell phone, they say, find a pest control company near me. There's a whole lot of things you got to do to make damn sure we're one of them that shows up. But then there's that consideration of what am I going to do? And then there's the decision. Okay, I got my credit card out. I'm on my, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, Tuesday, 10 a.m. I'll be here. That's great. And we want our funnel and in each level of our funnel, so top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, to make sure that all of these steps in the buyer's journey are thought through. You Follow me? Because I can be in... The top of the funnel in the decision stage, just looking to contact you right now. And the only mechanism I really need is probably going to be the phone number or some sort of message that says, contact me right now. Now, if I'm in the awareness stage, I may be a little bit different. I may not be ready to tell you I'm looking for a pest control company because I don't want to get sold. And I want to to find out more. So I may want to go to your spider page and read up a little bit about what you do about spiders and what are the chemicals and the treatment methods you use. I may read a blog article. I may listen to a video. And then catapult into that decision stage and just hit the button, contact me. So... When you're doing everything you're doing, you have to think about this. And we don't want to just grab all the easy stuff. We want all of the low-hanging fruit. We want names, emails, phone numbers of everybody in our community so we can continually stay in contact with them, right? We can continually be moving them through the buyer's journey so that when and if and where, for whatever reason, They become in that decision stage, we're there, right in front of them. But in that awareness and consideration stage, we're providing them unique information through a newsletter, through blog articles, through videos. We're making sure that they're um, aware of the fact that we are here, we're the best pest control company in the marketplace, and we want to be their pest control company of choice when they make that decision. That makes sense. So, we got a funnel and all its pieces in place. We have content we've got to create, and it has to take and be very cognizant of the steps in the buyer's journey. What are they, and how do we move them through those? And then, last but not least, as we wrap up this episode, we talk about the content. And I'll just give you some bullet point um, content topics here. And I think you should be doing all of them. And you're going to, you may hang up on me here, but I really do think that you should be doing all of them and think, think it through and where do you start. You can start somewhere. Start small. You don't have to all at once. But blog articles and optimized videos that are using a topic cluster strategy the most important they're also the slowest the most laborious and um, the most time consuming however if you do it you do it consistently you do it for a long time and you stick with it you will become the dominant pest control company in your market i guarantee it website pages so a website with pages Each page, each and every page on your website is designed exclusively for one thing and one thing only. Carpenter ants in my town. And that's it. And if I cover five towns, I'm going to have five carpenter ant pages, one for each town. Real important. Email. Along with SMS text messaging that is both in the automated variety and in the newsletter kind of blast variety. I'll leave it at that. If you're not doing that and you don't even know what that means, we need to talk soon. I'm easy to get to and I'm trying right now to move you through that consideration stage and into the decision stage. Yes, give me a call. I won't bite. Let's talk it out, okay? Social media posts need to be going out on a regular basis. Unfortunately, they're getting tougher and tougher to get them on people's timelines because social media wants to force you into paying for it. But stay with it. We want social media posts. We want people to see that stuff. And we're hopeful that those will generate traffic, which ultimately become leads, which ultimately become sales. Your Google business profile posts... Those need to be going out at least every week. And then your online reviews need to be happening all the time consistently. I know it's not really content, but I wanted to get it in here because it needs you way up there on the top of your list of things that you're doing within the culture of your business to get good five-star reviews. Every week, you get at least a few. Okay? Real, real important. Let's let's wrap it up with this. That's a lot. It it doesn't really necessarily stay in line with my goal with my own podcast here, which is to always give you something that you can actually go do. This one's this one's harder. This one's complicated. There's a lot here. I'm really giving you what we work on in our business to facilitate. What we need to do for our clients so they have built themselves an automated lead flow process. And it really revolves around a lot of the things I've discussed with you here. So we have a traffic goal, we have leads and sales conversions, and we have a funnel we want to build, all the content that's going to go with that. And we know if we do that, we are moving ourselves faster and closer to lead flow automation. What's lead flow automation? That just means that I know that I'm going to get enough leads that are coming in every month so that I can convert a minimum number of sales that are going to be growing my business, that are going to be a reasonable and fair expectation of everybody I'm dealing with, and that it's going to provide me a profit, so I'm going to be making money. And on another show, we'll talk about the difficulty with pest control where, for example, even in this, in this episode, I'm talking a lot about, you know, sales and $500. Well, we know that $500 really may be coming in 140 bucks each quarter or $44 each month. So there's also, there's that investment period that you're going through that is why it's so important you track it. So you get past that break-even point, and now all that effort you made in the first year, say, all of it is now doubling up because now you're making the money you've been waiting for from year one on top of the monies that are now coming in for year two. Then we try to compound that by being a great company, at providing great customer experience and having a lifetime customer value that only stops when someone dies or moves. That would be the ultimate, right? Everybody stays with us forever. No, it's not going to happen, but it's still the goal. It's still the effort. Anyway, I hope that that helps you. I hope now you're in Q3. Times are good. Life is good. It's time right now to use some of these revenues you're making to devote to some of these things I'm talking about now so that as we fluctuate in the quarter four and one, where things slow down somewhat. We're gearing everything to come out and just absolutely blow it out in 24 as we hit the spring there. We get all these things put together. Now, I have a sort of talk to guide that I would love to talk to you about if you want to call me and we can discuss how long would it take to do this? What's realistic for a budget? You know, Can I use some of the stuff I have? Whatever it is you want to talk about, I'd like to talk to you. And you can go right onto um, our website, rhinopestcontrolmarketing.com. There's all kinds of good guides and information that you can download there. There's a button to click that you can contact me and we can set some time and just get acquainted But this is a really good time for us to get started on something that we want to grow into next year being a fully functional lead flow, lead generation machine. Anyway, you think about that. My name's Casey Lewis. I'm coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. God bless you and have a great day.
1: You've been listening to the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. You own a pest control company anywhere in the country. By using our services, we will help you grow and prosper. Casey has 30 years in marketing and advertising under his belt. He managed and oversaw a sales force of 4,000 inside and outside sales reps tasked to work with every pest control owner in the USA. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Digital. RhinoDigi- Digital media. Let us take your digital marketing to the next level. See you next time on the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast.